Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint is the network built for Unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, BYU great Rob Morris back on The Big Show. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, I understand uh, not only were you at the game on Saturday, but uh, you were down close to all the action. Take us through what uh, what you saw down there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Well, it was awesome. You know, I, I don't go to a – Austin just called me and asked me, how often do you go to games? I don't go to games very often, uh, and I'm not sure why. And, uh, you know, I, I've been spending some time with Kalani and chatting with the coaches, and I wanted to get back there, so I, I got down on the sideline. And usually I make it about to halftime before I go it, it was the energy was so good. The game was so good. Uh, the passion was good. It was just it was one of those days that like I really felt connected to the program. So it was awesome. A gritty, gritty performance by the Cougs. You know, some big plays. Uh, it was just a good day. What, uh, as you reflect back upon what you saw from the sideline down there, uh, Rob? What what stands out uh, foremost? Uh, the composure, you know, there was some, there was some big, some big momentum changes throughout the game. Both, you know, that that worked uh, in our favor and against us. You know, there was that that fourth down call that was questionable, and those things can those things can get a, a team kind of discombobulated. And I thought, you know, the Cougs bounced back. You know, actually several times it was back and forth. So they seemed really composed. They seemed. Uh, to have an ability to, to to bounce back when things didn't go their way. Rob, getting kind of a close look at it, how do you think, or I guess what do you think about how the players and the coaching staff interact and uh, and work together? Oh, it's it's awesome. I, I think, you know, I was texting with Kalani and Aaron Roderick after the game, and, and I, I, I talked to so many people that I hadn't seen for a long time. And, and one of the things that, that kind of kept coming up, I, I had this feeling of like this is – it feels more like a family than it's ever felt when I was there. Um, I, I, you guys know how I feel about Kalani. Love Kalani. And I was a little biased because he's a, he's a buddy of mine. But after going to that game and kind of seeing what I saw and feeling what I saw and being in the locker room afterwards, I'm 100% convinced that I don't think there's a better person on the planet right now to coach that team uh, moving forward. I think he's the right guy. He, he gets it. He understands the players. He's a good ball coach. Um, it was just a, it was a cool experience for me. One thing we had been talking about going into that game, Rob, was what BYU should do defensively. Should they try and pressure the kid quarterback, or should they fall back and try to shut down the windows that would be available to him? It seems like, uh, and I wanted to get your opinion with your keen defensive eye, but it seems like they were dropping back more than they were doing the other, and it paid off in spades. Yeah, they were getting some some decent pressure. Um, you know, uh, just playing, just kind of playing their base defense and, and dropping guys back. I, I think I think the risk in in bringing you know playing eight man or, or bringing more guys, you know, blitz and zone blitz and 
is uh, the big play, particularly when you're up against a team like that that has explosive athletes that can, you know, they can get deep. I mean, you saw it um, once or twice. And I thought they did a nice job of, you know, stopping the run uh, without bringing extra guys and getting some pressure on the quarterback. You could see a few times he was rattled. I, it, was a, it was a nice game plan. Rob, what were your impressions of USC? They have to play the Utes this Friday. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they're, they're athletic. Um, I thought they put together, I can't remember if it was at the end of the half, they, they, there was a drive where things were shaky, and they just ran the ball, and they consumed a lot of clock. Um, the time of possession, I didn't see the final, but in the first half it had to be 2-1 to one USC. They, they were really controlling the ball. And I thought that was smart by then um, with the young quarterback. And I think that's I think that's what they have to do to be successful is they have to take care of the quarterback. They got to run the ball. They got to use the clock. They can't turn it over the way they did. Um, yeah, I think they're a good football team. I think BYU is a better football team than, than people give them, give them credit for. So Rob, I think USC will give Utah a run. BYU uh, ended up uh, possessing the ball ten minutes longer than the Trojans in the whole game. Yeah, what was it in the first half? Uh, that I don't have. I just have the the overall was thirty two thirty two versus forty two twenty eight. Yeah, I'd be curious about the first half, but they, but USC did a nice job with that with that one big drive. Um, you know, you you mentioned that and, and being uh, being able to uh, come back from adversity. That first drive, SC just marches straight down the field and scored. It almost seemed like it was easy for them. And at that point, you wonder, okay, how will BYU respond to that? Well, they responded pretty darn well. Yeah, and that's the key. And I think that's what I mean when you ask you what I saw. It felt composed. You can see when a team's starting to panic and when you know, when coaches are kind of getting out of the game plan. So it, it seemed to me like they stuck to the game plan. They did exactly what they wanted to do. I was talking to Chad Lewis on the sideline, and I kind of made a comment that in the game of football, uh, being able to dictate the tempo of the game and to dictate the way it's played is, I mean, it's almost the key to winning the game. And I thought both, both teams at times dictated. And I think ultimately BYU did a better job of sort of dictating their game plan, doing what they wanted to do. I mean, that's huge. When you, when you have to start reacting to everything the other team's doing, that's when you get in, in a big a big problem. So if you can stick to the game plan, do what you do, that's when you win ball games. Rob Isa, uh that made the rounds on Twitter, uh, your fine filmmaking in the uh, post-game celebration. And I guess my question is, how were your post-game locker room dance skills back in the day? <laughs> Well, as you know, Lavelle was not one to hold big dance parties uh, post-game, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure I ever, I ever did that. I can tell you this, they're nowhere near what Kalani's are. That guy's got some moves and some skills, and uh, I'm telling you, that was one of the funnest, that was one of the funnest just half an hour I've been involved in in I don't know how many years, being in the locker room after the game, you know, watching the excitement from you know, top down, the president of the university and the head coach and the ball players and the equipment guys, and there was good energy there. Uh, it was it was a really cool experience. Rob, what did you think of the performance of Tyson Williams? I mean, he goes for essentially a hundred yards, ninety nine, I guess, net. But he, he, this guy, he really is uh, the kind of back I think BYU can depend on. Yeah, he's a grown man. I, when, I, when I saw him, and I. I think I high-fived him at one point on Saturday and, uh, you know, told him good luck. He is a grown man. He's a sick guy. He's a big guy. He runs with power. You know, I, I loved watching him. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts of it. I think it's a gritty team. I think it's a tough, 
a tough and gritty team, and and I and that's that's how you beat teams that maybe have a little more depth than you do is, is with that toughness. And I think Tyson has that. He has that grit, that toughness, that kind of never stop mentality. Rob Morris with us on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Rob, independence has been weird. We've talked to you about it before. There's been some ups and, and there's been some downs. But the way BYU fans reacted to that win uh, over USC, it was kind of a reminder, at least to me, that the passion for BYU football is still uh, out there and still every bit as big as it was when you were there. Yeah, that was cool. I was excited to see it. Um, when the fans kind of started to rush down, you know, I was right in the middle of it. I had my phone up, and I was kind of familiar with it. Uh, and it was super cool because, you know, you, those moments, they don't happen a, a ton of times, right? And I think it fuels the players, and the players feel connected to the fans, and the fans feel like they're part of the deal, and you kind of get this this synergy going, and, and uh, it's, it's it, it carries on. You know, it's not going to win more football games for you, but it certainly builds confidence, you know, it gets people out to the games, gets them excited. I mean, it got me excited. Uh, I was fired up. It was the first time in a long time that I felt, you know, part, kind of back being part of the Cougar Nation. And, and I, it, you know, 20,000 other people that didn't feel that way. They were just kind of casually coming to the games. They felt like that now. That's a huge win for the program. Rob, I know you weren't over there filling out a scouting report or anything like that, but your general impressions of BYU's defense, say the linebackers, that's a position that you mastered for a whole lot of years. What did you think of the play on the defensive side? And are there any players that are standing out to you as being, you know, guys who might be able to make it in the league? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't particularly watch any one individual. I did have a chance to meet the linebackers after the game. I, and I kind of feel, you know, it's they're, they're super active. They're a group. They move well. They can run. They're tough. Um, I think the one that's one thing that BYU has always had is, you know, really tough, active, fast linebackers. And I don't think this group is any exception. You know, they were making plays, making some big plays. You know, a guy goes down. Another guy steps up, fills in plays well um, so the defense was it was it was fun to watch I think the secondary made some big plays uh, it was an all-around good performance those interceptions played a huge role including punctuating the game yeah that was awesome that was a great that was a great play um, to finish the game so Rob were you down there like doing backflips and whatnot in that big crowd of people who were bouncing around I mean were, were you in the thick of all that no backflips. <clears throat> However, I was right in the thick of it for about four minutes until I realized there's a good chance I'm going to get a knee blown out or have to have my <laughs> six shoulder surgery if I don't get out of here. So I kind of got, I kind of stuck the move. I got in and got out. Um, but I was so fired up, you know, at times during the game, I kept thinking, man, I think I could, I think I could still play. I think I could put the pads on. And then it kind of hit me. I think I would give you, you know, one or two series, and that would be a wrap. But um, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was a fun day. Well, you're not the easiest guy to get all fired up, man. You must have really been having a good time. Yeah, yeah, Gordon. I don't know. You know me. I've, I've kind of been standoffish toward the program, and probably just you know things you deal with your own things in life. Um, it was just good to be back. I, I I I was. I'm super impressed with Kalani. The way he interacts with the players um he's got this passion and energy but he still kind of has this calm you know this this calm storm kind of brewing underneath there 
and then after the game, just watching how he celebrated with the players, and I think he commands their respect. Um, but I don't think he, he forces it on them. I think, I think they respect him because they know that he cares about them and they know that he, what he brings to the table. And it's just, uh, it was awesome. I've played for a lot of coaches and some really great coaches, and I would, I would love to play for Kalani. I think that would be a blast. Well, Rob, we're glad you made it out of the stadium without a cel- uh, celebratory injury, and we're glad you were able to come on with us today. Thanks, man. You bet. Anytime. Thanks, Rob. Rob Morris, BYU great with us here on The Big Show it on 97.5. You know, look, I, I try to watch these things being completely impartial and not caring who wins and who. And in that game, either team could have won. But uh, to hear Rob Morris say that he was fired up like that, that – that is indicative of what was going on down there on that field, Jake. It was – I know they may have gone a step too far with the whole we are the champions and all that stuff. I mean, come on. But but to see uh, Cougar fans feeling good about their team and, and Kalani especially and the players and whatnot, that was – that's just something you don't see every day. And so, you know – Good for them. I still find uh, field storming obnoxious. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big proponent of that. Uh, and frankly, I don't think it's safe for really anybody involved. But yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm glad to see the fan base excited. And I asked Rob about that because I still think there's a lot of passion in that BYU fan base. And you know, they haven't won a ton of these big games at home, so it's been a while since we've really got to see that energy uh, expressed. But I, I still think you can do that from the stands well, appropriately. There's two ways of going about it. One is to tase the fans that try to jump down on the field. Remember that the was the Fiesta, Fiesta Bowl, Bowl mm-hmm. which was pretty brutal. I mean, you know. The other is to just let them let them go. What about yeah. some sort of like like rubber bullets or something? <laughs> I just. I, I don't know. If the crowd wants to get on the field, the only way to stop it is is brutality. So, I mean, they, they can they – can, what are you going to do? What are you oh, gonna do? On the other hand, it is there is a safety component to this whole thing or a concern because people are just jumping around yeah. doing all kinds of crazy things and who knows what. But there, there are vulnerable, vulnerable people down on the field who could get hurt and – it just makes you wonder, wait, what what are you doing out there? Could they not, I mean, short of brutality, <laughs> could they not put a six and a half foot, seven foot tall plexiglass like they do in hockey around the bottom of the arena and then makes it a little tougher to get over that? Yeah, I, well, I mean, it would make it difficult. That is true. Then, then people sitting in those seats down in the first seven rows might have to watch the game through the glass. Yeah, poor babies. I, I just think there's <laughs> it just opens the door for too much potential catastrophe. I mean, you know, PK and I were standing right there when the suspenders boy thing happened yeah. with, with Bronco. Uh-huh. And, I mean, Bronco showed some restraint, and that's that's probably pretty good. But what if he didn't? What if you he know? ripped his spine clear out of his body? <laughs> right, exactly. Which is what probably would have happened. And I, I realize that this is an over-serious take, but, I mean, post-Monica Sellis back in the 90s, I mean, we've got to be worried somewhat about where fans belong and where they don't, right? Although, you know, they got to get past security to get into the stadium to begin with. Right? I, I suppose, but you know what I'm getting at. I mean, it's just... 
I agree with down you. There. I don't. I don't like to see it. It's not my favorite thing. Yeah. But you can have excitement on the field with the coaches and players and and others. I, I think there does need to be some security. I agree for the safety of all. All right. Joining us now in studio is our friend Mike from Any Hour Services, and uh, they service from Ogden to Nephi to Willow to Park City. Mike, how does someone know if they need their furnace tuned up? Well, uh, if it's been a couple of years since you've had it done, uh, if you just moved into a new home and you're wanting to get the system checked out, uh, if it's if it was acting up last uh, last year, um, then more than likely it's going to be acting up this year as well. Um, one that a lot of people don't think about is if you've got kids in the home, I think it's important to have it done. And one of the reasons is is because if the furnace goes out on me and I'm home alone, I can grab a sleeping bag or an extra blanket or something until businesses open up but when you got like little kids at home and it's like really cold in the house you're worried about them and all of a sudden you're stuck with trying to get a hold of companies after hours you're paying more money and you're in a situation where there's a lot more stress and you know and if your furnace is seven eight nine years old the older it gets the more important it is to make sure you're staying up on top of the maintenance so mike uh, you have a special deal for our listeners today and i like special deals you know i i like it when when our friends who come in really make it worth our listeners' while to participate in whatever it is that you're selling. And I feel like I've done that. You have. You have. Good. But, Mike, uh, and and what is the special? And and then let me critique it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So the special is this. Uh, We've got our 29-point preseason furnace tune-up, normally 99 bucks. Uh, I'm saving your listeners 70 bucks on that. Mm-hmm. So instead of 70, you're, or instead of 99, you're getting it done for $29, which, you know, save 70 bucks, 70% off. Pretty significant deal. Uh, what, how would you like good. to critique that? Well, 29 sounds pretty good. I however. Agree. Okay. However. However. Let's say there's a certain percentage of the population that uh-huh. may have, say, more than one furnace. Mm. Okay. Normally in that situation, you know, we, we do the, the the discount, the $29 for the first one, and then the other one would be the $99. Uh, is there something you can do to make it sweeter? <laughs> uh what this do you want self, me to do? This isn't self-serving at all. I, I feel no, like, no, I'm, no, I'm speaking for the people. I feel like you've got somewhere where you want this to go. So why don't you just tell me where you want this to go? I want you to make it so that uh, that no matter how many furnaces a household has, that they get the twenty nine dollar deal for each. How furnace. many furnaces do you have, man? Well, I mean, if you got two. <laughs> Then All right. You don't want to pay twenty nine for one and ninety nine for the other. Uh, okay. Well, here's here's as I'll I'll do that. Will you do Will you do both of them for twenty nine? <laughs> 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 Might as well get greedy here, huh? Uh, no, yes, no. I will do. Yeah, I'll I'll do both for for uh, for twenty nine. Or, or I'll sorry, I'll do the Each. first one for twenty nine, and then twenty nine for the second okay. one as right. as well. That's fair. And enough. Is that okay? I, yeah, that, that right. sounds good to me. I like how you pull me in on live radio to discuss this. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we're honest here. We lay it all out here. You sure, know? sure. Uh, if you had said no, what would we have done, Jake? Throwing him out of here? I doubt it. But 
You know, this is this wouldn't be the first Bill, time. Would we have thrown him out of here if he hadn't been. Well, twenty nine for each. I like that. Tw- twenty nine for each. Here, here's the here's the only thing I'll say. If if they're in your home, so if you if you happen to have three furnaces, which is an even smaller portion of the population, but if you got three furnaces and you want them each done for twenty nine each, we'll we'll do that. I'll get your two for twenty nine each. Um, or if you just are a lowly Utah homeowner like myself and only have one furnace. I will do that for $29 as well. All right. So call any hour services right now. <laughs> Save $70 on a 29-point preseason furnace tune-up. $99 value for only 29 bucks. But you got to call before the end of the show. Here's when, the number. When you call in, you may want to mention <laughs> that, that that conversation just happened. <laughs> just tell yeah, yeah, be like, hey, no, Gordon hey, said. No, no. I am a man of the people. All yes, right? you are. I want to take care of, of all the people. Yeah, but, you know, if you got permission before ambushing Mike, that might be. <laughs> yeah, I have not had a chance to call into the office yet. So uh, when you call in for this, just be like, Gordon threw out a special deal. They may be used to you, like, raking we, me over the coals and, like, let it fly, but I'll, I'll text them real quick. We, we met your boss. We Remember that, Jake? Uh, I do. We did. Very well. We put in a good word for you. Okay. We did. We said you do a fantastic job. He didn't know who you were, but think. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Call now. 801-443-7400. That's 801-443-7400. Any hour services. Mike, thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Christian Cox joins us next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you, if you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener special on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit Restore.com for more details. We're going to talk to uh, Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. We'll ask him what he learned from the Ute victory over Idaho State and, of course, going into USC. Answer me this question real quick. If I were to say to you, what is the predominant thing that you learned this past weekend in local college football? You would say what? Mm. Ituiaki is really smart. It looked like it, didn't it? His game plan for USC uh, defending that offense was absolutely terrific. Absolutely terrific. That's the only way you can explain what took place there. Knew his because, opponent, knew, knew what would be right. effective, knew his own team. We're, I don't care great. what BYU fans want to say about it. BYU's athletes, athlete for athlete, are not as good as the athlete for athlete on the USC side. It's just indisputable. And yet, they played like they were better. Yep. Credit to them, man. They did it. All right, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint is the network built for Unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, former Ute, the one and only Christian Cox. Hello, Christian. How are you? Hello, Jake. It's always good to be a Sprint special guest on the line. 
I'm honored to be on it. That's <laughs> good to hear. And way to mix in the sponsor, Christian. Yeah, doesn't he act like he's been on the radio he's, before? He's done radio I've never been on the radio. I'm just a novice. I make mistakes all day. Just here. All right, here to help. Christian, tell us what uh, you saw in that game against Idaho State. What can you learn about the Utes against uh, an FCS team? You know, I think we talked about this last week. It's one of those games. It's a sharpen-up game. Prep you for the next week. I liked what I saw in the first quarter and a half, uh, and then when they got stifled on the the, uh, the goal line and didn't convert to go up thirty-one to zero at halftime, and then only put up seven points in the second half. I didn't love it, but what I did see, which we haven't seen, you know, we saw some explosive plays out of the offense, and I thought Tyler Huntley ran the offense really well, and. Not a lot to take away other than you got explosive plays. The playbook opened up just a little bit. But I think Andy Ludwig's been holding back a lot of his offense on purpose, especially through these first three games, as he's going to open things up a little bit. Uh, and you saw the same type of consistency out of, out of Zach Moss and uh, should be an exciting battle this weekend against a good at USC team. Yeah, so why don't we just forget about that game that was just a, a joke of a game and not competitive at all, go straight to the game that will be uh, that way. Utah against USC, Christian. Did you happen to catch the action down at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? And if you did see at least some of that, what were your takeaways from uh, the condition of the Trojans and how the Utes might be able to exploit that? Yeah, I, I I did catch the game. I was, you know, it was my wife's birthday and was at Disneyland, but somehow found a way to watch the game. And thanks to my lovely wife. But what a game, though. Okay, hold on, hold player, on, hold on, hold on, Chris. I got a question. <laughs> Where did you watch the game at Disneyland? Well, do you guys have you heard of Dish Network? All right, let's yes. give another plug to another okay. sponsor of yours. 801-424-DISH. Dish. <laughs> give you, a call. you can watch it on your phone. So uh, I watched the whole thing, had it recorded, and definitely watched the overtime live. So All right. you can watch wherever you're at. So what so you see? Great. So what'd you see? So for me as a player, right, is, is you, you prepare for the next week. It's always great to see uh, a an opponent that you've had a commonality, right? Obviously, BYU played them this past weekend. And I, a lot of people were debating on how is Kalani and Alexa Tuyaki going to play defense against USC? Because Slovis had blown up Stanford, and they, they dropped a lot, right? They dropped eight a lot, and they made Slovis, you know, methodically try to beat him slowly. He had some explosive plays early in the game, but... You know, if he had three interceptions, it cost him the game, right? And I think BYU's defense, it's the same defense. Everyone's always talks about, okay, well, whose defense is better, Utah's, Utah State's, or BYU's, right? It's the same base 4-3 defense that Fred Whittingham, you know, originally started. So they all run similar uh, variations of it. But BYU got in a lot of what's called cowboy. It's like a 3-4 drop. And uh, linebackers came up with big interceptions, and Golokul's interception late in overtime couldn't have come at a better time. And when you're playing against a freshman QB, he's going to want to win with the big shot, and he hit some early. And in that air raid offense, uh, the Texas Tech style, you know, you've got to hit seams up the middle. And uh, I think Utah's got a really good shot. And if Utah can, you know, keep this kid under control this, this next week, I think uh, interceptions are there to be had. I think, you know, the Utah defense can put a little more pressure with the front. 
I think Utah not necessarily will drop eight all the time. They'll they'll rush with four and get nickel a lot. Uh, but what a win for Kalani, and you know what a good uh, template for Utah to go in and get their first win uh, at Trojan Stadium at the Coliseum this weekend. I thought the uh, Trojan defense, Christian, was extremely underwhelming, and I expect Zach Moss to have a huge game on Friday. Well, you'd, you'd hope, right? Uh, you know, I, I think the last time Utah went down there and actually, you know, turned things up really well, it, it was, you know, I remember Britton Covey pre-mission. I remember him having some big kick returns. This was Juju Smith-Schuster had some big catches over the middle, and I think Cameron Smith ended up sealing the game because uh, I think Travis Wilson threw some picks over the middle, but this offensive line, I know we've had a lot of rotation and different players, but Andy Ludwig loves to play physical football, and you have a physical runner in Zach Moss, and you should be able to open some lanes. Tyson Williams has some good runs, but Zach Moss is a, is a different pedigree, and um Utah is known to run the ball well, and that's been what they've hung their hat on the last, you know, forever. Really, the last five years in the Pac-12, we've had good runners, um, whether it's, you know, Devontae Booker, Joe Williams, and Zach Moss. Uh, I think he should have a big game. And I I think we saw glimpses with Tyler Huntley with some good play action. I think they'll get some shots deep. And uh, you saw in, um, in Zach Wilson, he had some good, he had some good timely balls to a, a, a Shumway kid who's not as explosive and fast, but a perfectly placed deep ball, uh, you know, on those those fade routes. So I think it sets up for a perfect game. I think uh, FS1, it's going to be Reggie Bush's first time going back to the Coliseum. He's working for Fox, I guess, with Urban Meyer and them. And uh, it should be a heck of a game. It's going to be late, but I, I think this is the stepping stone to some real football games. And if Utah wants to have a huge season, this is the game that they absolutely have to have uh, to start off uh, Pac-12 play. So, obviously, USC's coaches know what the Utes like to do. They're fully aware of Zach Moss. What can that defense, which I thought looked uh, like a real weak point for the team against BYU, what can it do, what will it do to attempt to slow Zach Moss down? Yeah, it, it's it's tough, Gordon. You know, when you can't stop the run, you can't stop anything, right? It's uh, you know, if you're getting beat at the line of scrimmage, it's you're in for a long game. And you know, BYU's offensive line is good. Obviously, you know what we're measuring against. They've played some quality opponents. Played against a good D line in Utah. They played against a good D line in Tennessee. The Tennessee D line was extremely physical and fast, just like Utah. And so I think that actually prepped BYU a bit more for a good opponent. And uh, as a def- as a def- as a defense, if you can't stop the run, you just it's a lonely place, uh, especially if your linebackers can't come up and fill and play in space. And people think, oh, just blitz. Blitzing will fix the problem. Blitzing doesn't because when you start to blitz and you start to change gap assignments with the uh, of the defensive line, you start slanting one way. It creates even larger cutback lanes for Zach Moss. So. I think they'll play a lot of down safety. They'll, they'll bring a safety down in the box quite a bit. But then, you know what that brings, Gordon and Jake? It brings uh, it brings an offense over the top that Tyler Huntley's been waiting for. So where they may try to load the box, this gives opportunities over the top. So it's 
it's a good setup for Utah. And I think the play, and again, I'll allude to this uh, again, I think the playbook's been held back a bit on purpose. And I think things will be opened up a little bit over the weekend. And you've got good receivers, you've got speed, and you can do a lot of good things on the road. And it just comes back down to can they get the ground game going, which I think they will, and can they execute um, some of their fly sweep plays and some of their play action deep balls over the top. And you, you were able to do that against an inferior opponent at Idaho State. How will you do it against quality four- and five-star recruits at SC? And uh, I think you have a good blueprint from BYU from the week before. You just grind them down and just execute and execute and execute. And if you wear down that D-line, you'll be able to run late in the fourth quarter just like you did against BYU. Uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So essentially, you'll see Zach Moss with uh, with some uh, aggressive running and then big plays over the top. Yeah, it, it, it just comes back down. We'll know you'll know early because it just depends on how USC's defense is sitting. If they're going to play nickel and bring down a safety and try to plug, try to get as many people in the box, and Utah can spread wide and play the wide game and go over the top. So. It'll be fun. I think Andy Ludwig will still. He's just. He's so committed to the run. And as a as a player, I didn't understand that because he was just like, why do we always stay so committed when we have a great quarterback and Brian Johnson? We can just air this thing out wide. Well, you need to set a precedence and lull the defense to sleep, so you can start building in your second and play action deep balls when people are thinking you're going to be running it every single time. So, um, I think. For me, I'm just I'm thrilled. I'm stoked about this game. I'm ready for real football. I'm ready to see what this Utah team is really made of. There's a lot of expectations placed on these guys, uh, and um, I think it's warranted. I think they have the depth. I think they have a quality team, and you have senior leadership, and that's what you. That's why you build a program the way you do to build for these one years of you know two quality players and Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss as seniors to have their heyday and to shine on the road. I think you've got other good quality players in Thompson. I think Keefe showed up with the pass, uh, that big cut that he caught. It was the same exact play uh, that he dropped against BYU. So, see if he catches it against SC. Christian, you rock, man. Thank you so much as always. Okay. See you, Jake. See you, Gordon. See you, buddy. Christian Cox, the yeah. former you. Played for the Patriots too. He did play for the Patriots. That is a fact. Yeah, I agree with him. I he he uh, he put it very very uh, succinctly there. It was uh, what what the Utes are up against. Uh, give the ball to Zach Moss. Watch him run. Watch the biggins up front do their business, and then uh, watch for Tyler Huntley to take advantage of uh, the SC defense at times getting desperate and trying to plug the holes, and then the, the Utes go for 25, 30 yards on a play. Gordon Umani, Japanese Barbecue, will be in studio with The Big Show on Thursday uh, talking about the newest and most popular Japanese barbecue in Utah County. Mm. Oh, that's uh, I'm getting a powerful appetite that, all of a sudden. That sounds delicious, it does. is what that sounds. All right, we'll have more straight ahead. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Kalani Sataki.
have they extended his contract yet? Because I think he's done quite enough to show that he needs to be the guy there for some time going forward. I think they should have been able to see that this was going to be the best guy for the job long before they beat Tennessee and USC. And last year they were 6-6, six and six, but I think it's the way they got there and the improvement you could see and the development and the fact that they were able to get a pretty dang good quarterback to go there and flip his commitment. That should have showed you that you are not going to find a heck of a lot better than what you have right here. That decision should have been made before the season I agree. started. Yep, because it was a storyline and he's winning with it being a storyline and that's pretty cool. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks to Christian Cox for jumping on with us in the last segment. You know, I asked you, Jake, earlier what you learned uh, from the weekend in Uh, local college uh, football. Uh, I think maybe the primary thing, and this is good news for fans of all the teams in the state, is that your teams are pretty darn good. Yeah. It's and, a good year for college football. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, wacky things can happen, and we'll see how the Cougars do against against the Huskies. And same thing with the uh, Utes going down to the Coliseum. But it's off to a pretty darn good start. Yeah. yeah it's And with the Jazz, with as much kind of uh, expectation as they're going into the season, this, this fall – is is going to continue to be a lot of fun, and and I'm going to knock on wood here because this is sports and, and injuries knows, and things knows, can yeah. can derail it. But uh, right now, it's a ton of fun. I I don't know about you, Gordon, but I was I was excited to jump on the show today with yeah. so much to talk about, and it was fun being around the station on Saturday and uh, it, you know interacting with everybody and uh, doing the pre and post game shows, and it's it's just it's a great time in sports. It kind of ebbs and flows sometimes, but right now is a great time in sports in this town. Now we'll see if. If the uh, the quality that we've seen out of the local teams can can be sustained, and that's obviously, especially in the Pac-12, that has been a difficult thing in the past. But the Utes have a chance; they do have a chance to do something special. And 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 I'm talking about. I know they don't want to look at this yet, but this team might be able to get to that Rose Bowl. And, and if it can do that then uh, it'll be a wondrous thing for Utah fans to be able to experience that. And BYU, I mean, they're obviously hacking their way through the most difficult part of their schedule. And they do have some quality teams down the line. They'll have to be consistent and they'll have to uh, stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if they do that, then uh, maybe I've already said they're better than I thought they were going to be. Maybe they can exceed all expectation. I I don't know, but we're going to find out pretty quick. Because that game against the Huskies, after what happened to the Cougars last year, uh, I think that may be the biggest hurdle. Well, Utah Utah is probably the best team that they'll play this year. But, you know, that's such a mix of emotions and whatnot. But uh, against the Huskies, I think we might find out just how high the Cougars can fly. They're not as good as the Utes, but they might be pretty darn good. Speaking of pretty darn good, joining us now in studio is our good friend Mike 
from any hour services. Is that as good as you can get? But pretty darn good. Do you do you accept that? Well, you would prefer ex- excellent, wouldn't you? I, I would prefer excellent, but I'll take whatever. I mean, you didn't give him you didn't give him an excellent segue. He had to take what he could get. I mean, the show doesn't go on forever. It was my fault. I it guess. was. It was just transitioning. Was that a shot at me? Did I was talking too much? My no, friend? not at all. You came at me and you were like, "Are you are you going to accept?" <laughs> Uh, you know, you're just mad at me good. because I made you promise to save everybody seventy bucks for no matter how many furnaces they have. I, there's no, I'm not mad. What if you had, What if they have ten furnaces? Look, could you stop talking? <laughs> stop throwing that out there. Uh, but listen, we're we're talking two nuts. Call, call up Mike's boss. We want to see how he feels about that. But but a promise is a promise. Now, if you have fifteen, That's true. Furnaces. He won't know my name, as you so happily pointed out. <laughs> no, he knew your name, and he also knew the story about your unfortunate incident playing pickleball that time. I don't again, know if we need to go down that road again. Again, Jake, you had something to say? <laughs> I did. I did actually. We're talking tune-ups, Mike. Yes, we are. Let's talk about what goes into said tune-up. Sure, we go through uh, <laughs> we go through the ignition sequence. We go through uh, you know the combustion of the gas. Make sure everything's burning properly. The airflow, the heat distribution, uh, humidifiers, filtration. There's some cleaning that's involved. Anything that we can adjust, we're adjusting it. Uh, we we perform what we call a, a heating ability test, where we crank the thing up and try and simulate how it would perform on a really cold night. Try and simulate that stress, so that if there are any parts that are showing signs of fatigue or giving out we want them to go out in a controlled environment rather than on a really cold night when you're stuck having to call somebody are these tune-ups more important the older your furnace gets i think that they are Uh, i mean if you think about think about your car i use this analogy sometimes you can whether you should or not you can get away with like skipping some of the maintenance on uh, a new car or furnace it's not necessarily good for it but the older it gets the more uh you know the more mileage something gets on it the more those components start to wear out and if you think about the environment that all those furnace components have going on you add heat to that it really can shorten the lifespan of it so i i personally think the older the system gets you really want to stay on top of the maintenance like i don't want to scare anybody but in all seriousness you got to make sure that those intakes are clear so that uh, it stays safe. Absolutely. You know, when, when, you're, when you're burning the gas, not only do you want to make sure you don't have leaks from the gas coming into the house, but after it burns, it really does need to make sure it's going through the heat exchanger and exiting the home properly so that you're not breathing that in. And one of the tips that I didn't give out, but that you want to make sure you do, it's a good time to go down and change the batteries in your CO detector so that, you know, God forbid, if there is, if there does happen to be a leak or a crack in the heat exchanger, because let's say we go out and we check it like when it when a heat exchanger cracks it just cracks if it happens to crack between tune-ups that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody missed something it just means that it happens so you want to make sure that you've got those extra safety precautions in case in, in place and so yeah safety is a big thing so if you want to make sure you get this taken care of the deal we've got going tonight we got our preseason uh 29 point furnace tune-up we go through the system check all that stuff that we talked about we document all of our findings we leave you with a full written report answer any questions that you've got normally 99 bucks to have that done it's well worth worth the peace of mind, but 
Zone listeners are going to be able to save 70 bucks and get it done for only $29. Schedule for whatever's most convenient for you, but you got to call before the end of the show to get that deal. All right, get on the books now. Call Any Hour Services. Save $70 on that 29-point preseason furnace tune-up. $99 value, only $29. But you've got to call before the end of the show. So call now, 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400. Any Hour Services. Mike, thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, wrapping up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. You know, uh, Mondays like today, Gordon, are so fun during the football season. Yeah. Big games, lots mm-hmm. to talk about. Mm-hmm. Big games on the horizon. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. It continues next week, uh, big games. And the games get bigger the better the teams are, you know, unless you're playing Idaho State. And that's a crappy game, and the fans know it, and they don't show up, you know. I mean – how, what, a third of the stadium was full? It looked oh, like wait. a little more than Is that, that to me. Is contradictory what I said? Uh, a third, how, how do you say that? What? A third? You can't say a third of the stadium was full, right? Because the stadium isn't full. It's a third full. Oh, there you go. But you just answered your own you question. You fans knew that was a dumb game, so they didn't show up, even though they said it was a sellout. Well, they sold all the tickets. Yeah. That constitutes and, a sellout. But if you buy something and then don't, feel compelled to utilize it, then that's not necessarily a good thing. But the ticket was still sold. Yeah. Well, the point is that that's done with now. Now the Utes can get into conference play, a big game on the road against the Trojans. We'll see if the Trojans are what they were against BYU, because if that's the truth about them, then the Utes are going to beat them. And I think the Utes will beat them, even though in the Pac-12, they've never beaten the Trojans at the Coliseum. So this is a this is a, a bit of a measuring stick, and it seems like all the conference games will be that way. BYU gets Washington, so we'll see what happens there if their two-game winning streak against uh, more marquee programs uh, is the truth, and we'll see how it goes against the Huskies. Remember, last year it did not go well. Uh, coming up next, we'll join Monday Night Football in progress with the Jets and the Browns. I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm with Kev. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. What's your hate for the Browns? I just uh, I think they've been overhyped, so I'm, I'm you rooting for Mayfield them to fan? fail. Uh, he's fun to watch. I, I like mean, that commercial where he and his wife are testing the all the outlets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They I, need any hour services to come check out their home, they it looks like. They do. Good point. All right, we want to say thanks to Tanner Mangum, who was on the show today. Rob Morris, who was on the well, show both today. Those guys were terrific. Christian Cox. Oh, well, he was okay. <laughs> thanks to Mike from Many Hour Services for coming in as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show. <laughs> Just kidding. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.